Welcome back to Snares Book Prep Uncovered, the podcast where we talk with staff, with pupils and with parents to understand more about life at the school. Each episode, I'm joined by Ralph Dalton, head teacher at the school, and together we speak to a guest. So it's always a bit of a three-way conversation. Now, in this episode, we are speaking to Katie Griffiths, and we're going to be speaking to some of the pupils. But first of all, Mr. Dalton, how are you today? Hello, Simon. I'm great. Uh, thank you very much. Um, it's been a, an interesting day. Uh, sun is out. And actually, I noticed today um, we had our thousands, our 1,000th podcast download. Apparently. Hey, fantastic. Fantastic. So people out there are listening to the podcast. And actually, it's always quite interesting with podcast statistics, because uh, when people look at download numbers, it's it's almost the equivalent of people actually being sat in the room listening to that conversation that's being held because quite often when people listen to a podcast they tend to listen to it all the way through to the end uh, and quite often there's kind of you know 20 25 minutes worth of content so it's great to see those numbers and it's it, you know if you've got a thousand downloads there then it's just really like speaking to a thousand people who are listening in on all of these conversations it's exactly what it is yeah well I, I hope it's of use i mean the whole purpose behind the podcast was to try and give people an idea of the thoughts and the thinking that went into what we do um, and i hope actually when we speak to miss griffiths today this too will be useful to parents to just sort of get a pupil perspective um on a residential i'm sure they you know probably have their own because you know most of us have been on a residential as pupils but also maybe to get a little insight you know what it's like as a teacher what goes you know what it takes to organize it and just get a see behind the curtain a little bit so yeah Okay, well, you just mentioned Katie Griffiths. Tell us a little bit about Katie. I mean, how long has she been at the school for? I think Katie joined the school in 2016. She has many roles from sort of, she's a member of SLT. Uh, she covers many, many roles, be it ac academic lead at the moment, pastoral lead. Um, and one of her roles is as um, educational visits coordinator, which is a role that is aimed at ensuring that children get those wider education opportunities um, that visits we do tie into the curriculum and support the learning that they either have done or they're about to do. Um, and most importantly, you know, that they, the trips that are run are safe. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the capacity in which she's speaking today. Okay, well, it'd be great to find out more from her. It'd be great to find out more from the children as well. But first of all, we're going to speak to Katie. So should we jump across and talk to her right now? Sounds like a great idea. Okay, well, let's bring her in. So, Katie, welcome to this podcast episode. Thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. It, it's a beautiful day outside, but I'm looking forward to us talking to some of the year fours and year fives. Um, just tell us a little bit about these different trips that they've both done, just so we've got a bit of an insight before we go and talk to them. So in year four, they go away for three nights and four days to a PGL, which is an activity centre. So all of the, it's all kind of outdoor adventurous activities. They're all on site and it's kind of dorm accommodation. And then in year five and six, they go on a residential together um, and that's to a different location. So they went to the South Downs this year and it's a mixture of some outdoor adventurous activities. They did this year, we did some castle visits, some walks, and we went to the Roman Palace. We visited Berlin Gap and kind of look at different things um, as well as not just the kind of adventurous activities. Fantastic. Well, it all sounds very exciting. Uh, I, I think it might be quite good if we go and talk to some of these year fours and year fives. I think we're going into the year four classroom first. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So hello, year four. How are you all doing today? Everyone say hello. Hello. 
Well, it's great to see you all here today. And I understand that you've all just come back from a PGL trip uh, two weeks ago. I wonder if someone there can tell me about some of the activities there that you did. So we did lots of um, activities like zip wire, rock climbing, abseiling, survivor. Wow, this sounds fantastic. This sounds too exciting. What, what other activities did we do? We also did... Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Wow, what is Jacob's Ladder? Can you tell us what that is, just for the people who might not know? It's a ladder where there's lots of logs, and every time you go up one log, they go further apart than the one before. Wow, well, well done for doing that. Did that get a bit scary at all, or was that just all good fun all the way through? For some people, it might have been scary, but... I think most of us would have said it was really fun. No, oh, very good. Very good. Anybody else know, remember some of the activities that you did there? We've done the giant swing where you can go really up high and you have to pull the black cord and then you go flying. And I know it might be scary for some people, but some, but some people say it's okay, you can just do whatever you want. We don't really mind. Very good, very good. So I wonder if anyone can tell me how you felt when you first arrived there. I mean, was it was it a really exciting place to be with lots of friends there? Tell me how it felt. I felt like really excited and like happy to like be in this place for like three days. And how about before you left home? Was there a little part of you that was a little bit scared of going or, or were you just full of excitement and couldn't wait to get there? I was full of excitement. Oh, that's good. That's very good. And was anybody else feeling even slightly scared before going, just about being away from family? I was scared because I would miss my family and my brother. But I can just take time off of my family, can do whatever I want. And then after you arrived there, how quickly did it? How quickly were you able to settle in and feel really happy there? When we saw the manor house, we saw a, like a castle which looks like it. It was like really cool. Fantastic. And does anybody else remember how they felt when they first arrived? When I first arrived, I felt like it was going to be a great time. And how long were you there for in total? We were there for two nights and three days. Wow. And do you remember where it was as well? It was in Suffolk. Suffolk. Wow. And has anybody here be ever been to Suffolk before? I have once before. Okay, and tell me one of the things that you really enjoyed about being on this residential trip. So I really enjoyed doing activities because they were really fun. So um, like the giant swing when you pulled it, you, you went down and it was so fun. Fantastic. Excellent. Now, Mrs. Martindale, I wonder, could you tell us from a teacher point of view why you think it's really good for the children to go on trips like this? Oh, it's a fantastic experience. Um, the children don't come back the same children that they leave. They build, in them, they build up their confidence, their independence. The team morale for the class is fabulous. I just, just so many positives. Learning outside was really great for some children. They really excelled in that environment. And um, every child pushed themselves to achieve more than they thought they would, which for me is really rewarding watching. That's great to hear because we often hear about children these days who uh, seemingly spend all of their time glued in front of screens watching YouTube videos and that kind of thing. This strikes me as the complete opposite of that sort of lifestyle. Absolutely. The activities from about half past seven in the morning to nine o'clock at night, we were outside active, uh, making most of the fresh air and the grounds. It was an absolutely fantastic experience. And then we finished it off with hot chocolate, which helped. <laughs> Very good. 
finishing off anything with hot chocolate has got to be a great thing to do. Um, and do you remember doing any kind of trips like this when you were at school? No, no. We, we had a trip to Bournemouth Beach once, but that was about it. Or well, they were museum based, I think. Residentials um, have come a long way. Um, I think there's more awareness of children growing and developing um, these skills. Fantastic. Well, it's great to get your insight into this as well, but even even better to get the insight from the children. So thank you very much, Year 4. Thank you for telling us what that residential trip was like and for explaining uh, what those few days were like. So thank you very much. Bye for now. Bye. So we're going to jump into the class of Year 5, and I think we're here with them right now. First of all, hello, Year 5. It's great to see all of your smiling faces and great to hear you as well. I'd love to understand a bit more about the residential trip that you just got back from. Who can tell me where you all went? The South Downs. The South Downs. Fantastic. And sorry, what's your name? Dan. Okay. And how long were you all there for? A week. A week. Fantastic. Now, I wonder if someone else then can tell me what it was like to be there for a week, because that's quite a long time, isn't it? It was very fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit more about it. How did it feel when you were there and what kind of things did you do? It felt nervous when we first got there and we made fire. We went on boats and we went to Pizza Express. Fantastic. So you made a fire. This is really good. I wonder, can someone else then tell me what the fire was like? What was it like making the fire and then sitting around it? So we were like making bread and roasting marshmallows and we were making like special South downs type traditional bread and it was very good and what was one of the best things about being on this residential trip well one of the best things was that we just got to try out new things things we might have never done before and make great experiences and great memories what a great answer and what's your name erica erica tell me one of the things that you remember learning and trying out for the first time well i remember trying to light my first fire and it was really tricky to get the right spark to just set the fire of the great start but after a few turns you just realize you just have to make one last try and then boom you're done it's amazing and how did you actually go about lighting that fire erica were you using a lighter or were you using well, a flint we had these steel lighters we had to collide together and slide them to create a spark but you have to push them together pretty tightly and then if you push it if you push it in the right amount, it makes a pretty big spark. Very good. Very, very good. Now, I wonder if anyone here was missing their family when they were away on this residential trip. What was that like? It felt weird because kind of it was the first time you've, well, I've ever kind of been away from them for that long. And how long did it take you to settle in and then feel that actually everything was good? I think it took me about until the afternoon of the second day. And what was it like after that then? I think then it was just kind of relaxing and fun. Relaxing and fun. Fantastic. And who's that sat next to you? I wonder if we could find out from this person here. Hello, what's your name? Genevieve. And Genevieve, tell me how you felt at the end of the trip. What was it like to be there with all of your friends being away for that long? It was kind of um, scary because it was most of our first time like being away for that long. Um, Most of us were kind of sad when it was over, but then we really wanted to see our family again. Yeah, it's a strange mix of emotions really, isn't it? You're sad that it's over on the one hand, but then you're looking forward to seeing your family again. 
probably nice to get back and sleep in your own bed again, I imagine as well, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that. But year five, thank you for sharing with us what it was like to be on that trip. It's been really good talking to you and we'll catch up again with you a little bit later on. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Katie, now we're back after talking to the year fives. Tell me a little bit about why you feel that being on a residential trip is so important when you're in year five. I think that it's an experience that lots of children don't really get the opportunity to do anymore. I think lots of children, you know, as much as their parents want to make them independent, everyone has busy lives. So it's easier to pack their own bag in the morning if they're going out for the day. Whereas when they go um, on the residentials, they have to pack their own bag. So a pupil comes every morning um, to have a meeting from each. So one person from each dormitory comes to have a meeting and they are told what everyone needs in their bag for that day. So they kind of go and feed that back. Um, so much more independence and an opportunity for them to take their learning outside of the classroom, but also just growing their independence and looking after themselves generally. It's great to hear you talk about independence like that. And of course, when we talk about PGL, some people uh, in a fun way talk about PGL standing for parents get lost. Uh, and and of course, this can be a, 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 a learning and development opportunity for the parents as well, who maybe this is the first time that their children have gone away. How do you find that parents are often before a trip or during a trip and after a trip like this? I think lots of parents, especially if it's their first time away um, on a trip, they've never been to kind of scouts or, or guides or anything like that. They are the parents are often more nervous than the children uh, the children do have a bit of nerves but I think it's once they're on the coach most of the children are very excited whereas it's the parents waving off the coach that are worried that they won't be able to find their toothbrush or that they'll miss them too much but I mean on all the residentials and all the trips that you go on the children are so busy and doing so much they don't have time much most of the time to miss being at home whereas it's the parents at home who are a bit more worried but I mean, there was one parent that was saying last week on the forecourt as they dropped their child off in the morning um, that they didn't even miss their... They were wor really worried about missing their child and they didn't miss them nearly as much as they thought they did. And they enjoyed spending time with the other sibling that was still at home and kind of doing that. Um, but yeah, so... And then when they get back, the parents realise what a wonderful time they have and that everything was fine and are looking forward to the next one they go on. Uh, very good. And is this the kind of trip that happens every year in year four and year five? Yes. So, well, COVID, COVID allowing. So year four go to PGL on the activity one now and then year five and six do a shared, they go together. Um, and it's a bit different because PGL is all on one site. So if you do forget your coat in the morning or your water bottle, it's inconvenient and you miss some activity, but you can go back to get it. Whereas once you get to five and six, you really do need to be organised in the morning because we tend to go out for the day and don't come back again. Well, it sounds like a great learning and development opportunity for the children and parents and possibly the staff as well. Katie, what's it like organising a trip like this? How much work is involved for you as a member of staff? There's quite a lot of work and preparation that goes into a trip. Um, anything from a year plus, um, you start beforehand booking things in and, and arranging it all. However, to be honest, the actual booking in and scheduling, even though that takes quite a lot, is kind of drop in the ocean compared to everything else you do in the month or so leading up to it, even down to you know, getting in the children's requests of the top four people they want to share a dormitory with or be in a group with. I think that's one of the tasks that takes the longest to make sure that actually you're doing everything you can to make everyone as happy as they are while they're away. 
there's all kind of any like food additional dietary considerations to take into account um, making sure that one um, we've told the places that we're going what to be aware of but we also then um, before we go purchase things that we know the children can eat and we'll substitute so we are prepared um, if things don't go to plan and they don't have anything I don't think there's anything worse than being away from home and being hungry you know there's the staff briefings beforehand so that everyone knows their role and their responsibility hours of kind of the risk assessment which is really thinking through every kind of eventuality the health forms that the parents meetings we do beforehand and requesting back all the information we need from parents and and the kind of level of detail we need you know because often things will go back and forth because they'll say oh yes I've sent their hay fever tablets and you need to know how often they take how many they take what time of day they usually take them at and obviously that's all kind of the lead up to being there but yeah so it is quite a lot to get a trip like this going. So it sounds to me like there's multiple things to remember for multiple children then. Yes. And for multiple locations, Mm. because every location needs to be sort of considered and scouted in advance and, you know, the risk assessment's done for each each one of those. So, I mean, if we do three visits in a day when we're, I think that's, you know, roughly what we were doing, that's, you know, 12, 12 places. So it is quite an undertaking. And Katie, what does a what does a teacher's typical day look like on one of these trips? Is it a case of you know once you finally get there, you can, he says with a smile, put your feet up and relax, uh, or is it a little bit different to that? Um, just slightly different. I mean, I think the first <laughs> night, I think the first night when we got there, bear in mind. I'd left for work at seven o'clock in the morning. I didn't take off the shoes I'd put on at 7am until half past 11 that night. That was the first bit of time I actually had to myself. I had, you know, all this, the children got there and unpacked in their rooms. I'd barely managed to grab the coat out of my room that had been chucked kind of on the bed with all my other stuff. You know, a kind of day-to-day trip. So once you're there... Um, the children, well, they could wake up at any time, but they need what they needed waking up um, about 6.45, which means by 6.45 as an adult, you need to be up, showered, dressed, had a coffee, if that's what you need to get going, um, in order to then be at the children's door to help them do the same, you know, and your bag packed and yourself totally ready for the day at 6.45. You know, even you've then got meals. So I think, you know, you'd get four minutes to eat maybe in between more hands up. Can I get this? Can I get that? They're kind of it's it's full on the whole day long. There's no kind of, you know, downtime. Every time you're eating, you're still looking around. You're still supervising um, a large group of people or someone wants to come over to ask to go to the toilet or um, there's something going on down to, you know, typically you're then trying to get them to sleep. And depending on how successful that is or isn't, um, Often, you know, especially, you know, you've got the night medication. I think one night, you know, I get to my, got to my room half 10, 11 o'clock. I mean, that was probably one of the earlier nights to kind of get myself ready and then ready for the next day. Um, You know, then you could potentially just get into bed at 10 to midnight to be woken up at 10 past midnight because someone feels sick. Um, So you're then up for another half hour, 45 minutes dealing with that, you know, to then be up at, half five the next morning to do it all again so it's an incredibly busy day really tiring but yes it's very full-on um once you're there and you're definitely looking forward to your bed by the time you come home it sounds to me like you should be asking the head teacher at the school for a, you know a few days off after you get back from one of these i mean that sounds like good i mean a whole week maybe <laughs> 
Katie, it's been great talking to you. Thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate you being here and uh, opening up the, these residential trips to us all. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Bye. So, Ralph, that was Katie and, of course, year four and year five, and also Mrs. Martindale, of course. What did you think of all of that? It's lovely, isn't it, to hear that the children obviously enjoy it. I mean, I had the, the privilege to go on the year um, five and six trip, so I got to witness that firsthand. Um, and it's lovely to hear the year fours saying how much they enjoyed their trip, as well as hearing, you know, Mrs. Martindale talk about the the sort of change in the pupils and the change in the pupils' relationships with each other. And I think that's one of the the key aspects of these residential trips. So yeah, it was lovely to hear. And that was great that you got to go on the trip as well, because quite often in schools, the head teacher might not go on trips. It's, it's always left to other members of staff. Tell me some of the things that you managed to gain from being on a trip yourself. For me, it is, it's, it's a great way to get to know the pupils in a bit more depth. I mean, in the same way that, you know, teachers get to see their pupils in a slightly different way than, you know, they see them every day in the classroom, but you get to see the different side of them. And particularly you get to see those who have initiative, those who exhibit actually many of the sort of character values we're trying to promote um, as part of our school virtues, you know, those who essentially do the right thing at the right time in the right way and for the right reasons, you know, they're, they're helping their um, friends out or their, you know, other members of their dorm out. And also I think the children get to see you in a slightly different way too. And I think they begin to trust you in a way that's slightly different um, which is great if they've got a problem they then you know actually feel comfortable coming to share it with you rather than trying to deal with it on their own or worrying about it or you even get you know you know they'll they'll joke with you in a way that they wouldn't have done you know before which is again you know it's just it's, it just really helps build that sort of sense of community mm. and family that we try to engender here mm. And of course, one of the things Katie was talking about was, you know, the health and safety aspect and risk assessments and that kind of thing. And on the one hand, in society, we tend to roll our eyes, don't we, when we hear like health and safety, and it's kind of got negative connotations with it in, in the line of, you know, people going over the top when they don't necessarily need to. But actually, when it comes to children being on a residential trip, there's possibly, arguably, no other better time to have good health and safety and good risk assessments taking place tell me your thoughts on that oh no i mean absolutely it really is a real responsibility when you when you're looking after other people's children you know i don't know you know simon you've you've had you've got children um, they're a bit older now but you must remember when i'm sure you probably took some of their friends on the birthday party trip or whatever it was you know anything oh cry you know i've been left with these you know somebody else's child you've got you know they take preference over your own sometimes you know so it is a real responsibility and you've got dietary requirements i cannot um get across how much effort went into ensuring um we had a supply of food that we knew you know the children could eat in case we weren't convinced that the kitchen understood our requirements you know and every meal time we were speaking to those preparing the food and double checking and asking to look at the ingredients just because you know it, it's such a such a key thing you know or we were taking away so those that didn't necessarily have a medical need but they were you know they were slightly choosy but we'd we'd take we'd take food with us that we knew they would eat you know and again even just that sense of you know safety but then that goes on to the emotional side you know and trying to look after their emotional well-being so that they are 
because they are going to be nervous but then making sure you know that they they can come and share that or you know they can they that's not distracting them and they enjoy themselves and they can then feel that they've risen to the challenge and been independent and that's what helps grow the confidence again and that's another one of the key sort of um, aspects of character we're trying to develop here so mm. yeah you know I don't think I don't think you can be too careful I mean you can't control everything but you can you can have a good go at making sure you've thought everything through mm. and, it's, and it's interesting hearing you talk about nervousness just then because I mean clearly that was a couple of the questions that the children were asked and I, I think being adults is always easy to remember that at times you do feel nervous when you're a child but Surely it's good to feel nervous and then to overcome that and then to feel confident afterwards. Absolutely. I think that's that's exactly where confidence comes from. Confidence comes from not knowing if you can do it. And then our role is to, you know, support a child in making that that next step. And some will require more support than others. And but you're absolutely right when they they get off the bus at the end, they've had a great time, they've created all these memories. And you're right. They think, oh, actually, I can, I can stand on my own two feet away mm. from my parents, and that's, that's ultimately what I think we're, we're trying to do. Actually, our um, our bursar the other day said to me, education or you know running a school is all about roots and wings. They need to be rooted in the school where they are, so they feel safe. But you're trying to give them wings so they can fly. And I thought, oh, I like that. Roots and wings. So. That's a very good way of putting it. Well, I think we need to bring this episode to a close now. But if anybody is listening to this and they want to find out more, then just get in touch with the school. You can check out the school on social media or just go to the website and search up Snares Book Prep. But our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Thank you, of course, to Katie uh, and all of Year 4 and Year 5 and Mrs. Martindale, of course. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. Bye for now. Bye for now.